0: Can stop talking?
1: You're such a chatterbox, Kern. Why does he always have something to say? Kern talks way too much. This is Chatterbox Kern. Thank you so much for listening to Chatterbox Kern. I really appreciate the feedback and the comments that you guys have been sending me. I'm enjoying doing this podcast so much, and I don't know why I waited this long. So, thank you guys, and I hope you guys are doing amazing and welcome to another recap of the real housewives of cheshire season 12 episode 2 and of course the great british baking show episode 5 and this week is pastry week so stick around for that recap Or you could skip ahead and listen to it. But i really prefer if you stay and listen to The Real Housewives of Cheshire recap and hear my thoughts on that. So here we go. The episode started with Rachel, Seema and Nicole catching up at a polo event. Seema looked beautiful. I loved that blue suit that she had on. I think it was blue. Right. She looks beautiful. Seema always looks beautiful. I mean, she does own a fashion empire, so she has to look the best all the time. They start cracking jokes, and Seema just kept checking guys out. And these are polo players. I'm not sure if they're... And these are polo players, so I'm not really sure if they're Rachel's speed. But hey, it never hurts to try, right? So Rachel found it a little bit funny because she's single, and she's like... Everyone wants to set up the single girl, but that's what people do. That's what friends do. Nicole took it a little bit further and made a comment about Rachel having a lot of men in rotation. Rachel was not having it. She looked disturbed. Well, she looked bothered by the comment because she didn't want Nicole to make her out to seem like a floozy. Her words, right? At this point, I thought, well, this comment was a little bit innocent. It wasn't that, like, damaging or it wasn't that um, negative. However, as the episode progressed, my mind changed. And then I'm like, okay, now I understand what Rachel was saying. Because you'll come to find out what I mean by this. So the conversation changes as Nicole starts talking about Esther blowing off the vow renewal. So initially, Nicole had a point. I had her back because I understood what she meant when she said Esther needed to have messaged her to inform her that she was not going to be there. And I agreed because that would be the proper etiquette. That's the proper thing to do. If you're invited somewhere and you're not going, you message the person that invited you to let them know you won't be in attendance. But just like with Rachel and... Just like with Rachel and what she, what, what Nicole said about Rachel and now with Esther, I'm like, Nicole is not what she presents herself to be because this is supposed to be a vow renewal and you didn't invite all your family members. You invited someone who you didn't really have a close relationship with. Doesn't seem right, does it? we then see hannah my new fave and martin i can't believe i'm saying hannah is my new fave i didn't ever think this day would arrive hannah you are doing great so far i mean it's only episode two but i like what you're giving the audience keep it up i hope i don't regret saying this i really do so hannah and martin are out car shopping because they have a new baby on the way their first baby and I found this scene so cute because I've never really seen a mom and dad go car shopping for a new car because they're expecting a baby and they brought the baby car seat that was really adorable and I think that's a really brilliant idea I'm not sure if this is always done when moms and dads are expecting but them bringing the car seat shows that they're really taking everything seriously, which they're supposed to, cause they're going to be parents. Martin then encourages Hannah that she needs to speak to Don, like just speak to her and clear the air, because you don't want negativity when you're when you're becoming a new mom. I think that's like a thing. You don't want negativity around the baby, around anything that has to do with the baby or the birth. So just clear the air with anyone you have issues with. And I think that's a good thing. So Martin is on point with that comment. And I hope Hannah listens. I really do. We then see Lauren visiting Don. And I already know that this scene is going to be really sad. Because last week's episode, we did not see Lauren for obvious reasons. She was in Spain with her dad because he was feeling poorly. Now she's here. Back in Cheshire, and I just know the news isn't good. Obviously, because we know what happened in real time. So she sits with Dawn, you know, and as she begins speaking, my heart just starts breaking. Like, this franchise or this city in the franchise is probably the only one except Potomac that I could literally say I like all the women, even though they get on my nerves sometimes. I mean, Even though I'm not the fan of Nicole or I'm not a fan of Nicole, she's... Oh, let me stop right there. No, I don't like all the women. (laughs) Let me stop BSing you guys. Nicole is not my favorite right now, so no. But I love Lauren. I've always loved her. So she begins talking to Don about her dad. And it was just so sad because they've been out for lunch on the beach. And he got up to go to the restroom, I think it was, and he collapsed. The next thing she remembers is people clamoring around him and like rushing to get to him and they got him to the hospital and she said he was like blue and she found him. Like he turned blue and that was really just I didn't Ugh, that scene guys oh my god I was just so heartbroken for her and you heard her voice cracking and Lauren doesn't cry much but she's had a rough time on this show. Going through her divorce and now losing her dad, I feel for her so much. So cheers to you Alan, cheers to you, you are a rock star. Just like Lauren said and it was obvious from the pictures that were shown, you seemed like a cool person. Yeah, so sending all my love to you Lauren and just wishing you the best that you and your family heal during this time, especially because it's been so recent right so Lauren just starts talking about him and as she's cracking up she's also making jokes and that's the Lauren I love she will still try to put a smile on her face even though she doesn't have to but that's just her and that takes a lot of strength to still try to smile through such a rough time that was kudos to you Lauren kudos in the sense that you're putting on such a brave face and you're doing it well And Dawn being such a great listening ear. Like she wasn't talking over Lauren. And you know Dawn talks. She wasn't talking over Lauren. She was listening. She was being supportive. And that was such a beautiful scene. It was even more sad that they couldn't even hug or touch. Because of the COVID-19. Which is kind of interesting. Because they were sitting so close to each other. So why can't they just touch. Like get it over with. Hug her Lauren. I mean hug her Dawn. She needed that hug. Don then asked Lauren if the girls were supportive and Lauren said everyone everyone was and who wouldn't this is a death we're talking about and I'm just happy to know that all the girls regardless of whatever issues they've had with each other or Lauren were supportive of her in this time and it was just amazing so kudos to the girls for being so supportive of Lauren during this time right then the conversation switches and Don starts saying she overheard about Hannah's pregnancy at the vow renewal, but I'm like, Don, you knew and you didn't text Hannah. Oh Lord, why do I feel like Don is literally waiting for Hannah to message her? And this is typical Don. This is typical Don behavior, trying to make something about her. You heard, you didn't acknowledge her at the vow renewal, and she tried, and you didn't acknowledge her. You heard that she was pregnant. You could have sent a text message, Dawn. Come on, Dawn. I'm rooting for you at one season 10 Dawn back. We're now at the most tense sit-down I have ever seen on this show. Mind you, there have been many and I mean many moments that would be or could be considered intense. But this sit-down between Esther and Nicole, I had no idea what was going to happen. The two women, literally, were like two chihuahuas barking at each other and would not let up. And, again, I was on Esther's side for the most part. So Esther begins by explaining to Nicole why she didn't show up to the wedding and as I said before she should have texted Nicole but you remember in the beginning when I said I'm going to get back to why I sided with Esther. So Nicole says that Esther should have messaged her and I initially agreed with Nicole but then upon thinking more about it I started realizing that Esther's point made more sense If this was supposed to be a vow renewal, why would you want to invite someone you think is a liar? Someone you think isn't your friend, someone who you have issues with, it didn't make sense. And then for Nicole to tell Esther that she didn't get to invite family members, I beg your pardon? You invited Esther, someone you have issues with to your vow renewal and didn't invite actual family members so i'm beginning to think that this is all just a show for nicole like i would never disinvite or not invite a family member so i could invite a cast member a cast member that i have issues with no so esther has one point up there on nicole in this argument so they begin to talk about what the issue actually is and Esther let Nicole know, I'm still mad at you for calling me a liar for saying that I wanted to have Ashley and Don's babies. And that was totally wrong. Listen, Esther is the type of person who would say something like that. But I don't think she did. I really don't. And if she said something like that, it was not in the way Nicole wants us to believe. I don't believe it. I just don't because Esther has never lied to us. I have no, I can't recall a moment where Esther has lied to us. Esther told us she was married and she was dating. She told us everything about herself. So why would she be lying about this? It doesn't make sense to me. Nicole, what is your end game? I want to like you, but I just feel like you are putting up a front. And you're not being true. You're not being genuine, Nicole. That's just how I feel. I could be reading the situation wrong. But you're just giving off complete falseness. And I just don't know. I don't know what to believe with you Nicole I really don't and then throughout the episode Nicole just kept taking digs at people and I'm like what what is wrong with her what is going on with Nicole I'm trying to understand and I'm really trying to give her the benefit of the doubt but it's like she's just coming in completely guns blazing for no reason like no one is attacking Nicole no one is targeting her but it's like she wants to put on a show so Esther let her know like listen you also said some things about me on your podcast basically calling esther a stripper nicole claimed she did not and the clip literally showed nicole saying the word strip and she stopped and said something else so she was talking badly about esther esther's past as a dancer and esther's been open about that she was a lap dancer she did burlesque what's wrong with that nicole is like Well, I have friends who are strippers too, so I don't really care about what job you do. Then if you don't care, Nicole, why did you try to take a dig at Esther on your podcast in that way? It doesn't make sense. You either do care or you don't. If you didn't care, you would not have mentioned it. It means that you care enough to make digs at Esther about it. I thought the the confrontation was going to end then. But no, Esther had more ammo. Like, that's strike two for Esther. Well... Strike two would sound like Esther is being the Esther's one that's being played out but no this is like a, another point for Esther right so another point for Esther when she mentioned the stripper thing and then Esther wasn't finished Esther mentioned listen you've also been talking to people in Essex or is it I think Essex so people in Essex have been messaging Esther saying that Nicole is saying stuff about her and Esther let her know like listen I got these messages and I showed Don because Esther and Don are friends. Apparently, Nicole is upset about this. Why didn't Esther have to show Dawn and she would not have done that to Esther. And instead of saying the text aren't necessarily true, she's more upset at the fact that Esther showed the text to Dawn because why would she do that? And she got up and stormed off. Nicole got up and stormed off from the sit down. I was in complete shock. What are you hiding, Nicole? What are you hiding? So I'm now wondering... If this is something that will cause Esther to leave the show because she is going to leave. As we know, we're going to get a new housewife, Lystra Adams, who I'll touch on at the very end of this recap. But it, Esther wouldn't be no more on the show. And I'm wondering if the producers really chose Nicola over Esther or Esther just chose to bow out this season. Because I was hard on Esther in the beginning, but she's open. She's been honest. And I just don't trust Nicole yet. I can't. She's not being truthful. Nicole is not letting us in fully. It's like she's rehearsed and just preparing speeches. And because she did not expect Esther to bring the text message to the table. She completely freaked out. She had no clue that this was going to be played. And so she didn't have a comeback for it. And that's why I feel like she walked out. Because had she known that Esther would bring this text, she would have had a rebuttal because she she came in guns blazing. She came in attacking Esther and Esther was like, I'm just here to find out what the issue is and let's leave it here. But Nicole was just upset. And I'm like, why are you so upset if someone just didn't show up? Like I said, I understood initially being upset about not receiving the text message that Esther would not have been there. But it did not warrant all of that because Nicole was the one that started with Esther in the beginning. She called her a liar. She said she said something that Esther didn't say. And there's no proof of it. We only, we only can take Esther's word or Nicole's word. And we don't know you, Nicole. I don't know you yet. So therefore, I'm going to go with who I know. Sorry, that's just how it goes. You go with the evil that you know. And we, we know Esther's evil in quotations here. <laughs> we don't know yours. And you just came in and you, you you're just, I don't know. I don't know what to think about Nicole right now. I really have no clue. After the tense meet up with Esther and Nicole, we see Hannah and Rachel meeting up in her dentistry office. Like, guys, I'm really liking Hannah. She's just coming off more likable and I don't know why. Maybe it's because she's pregnant, but she's really having a more positive attitude this season. So Nicole drops by. So yeah, Rachel just looks really gorgeous. Rachel always looks good. Like she is very beautiful, like really beautiful. So anyways, Rachel tells Hannah that she wants to plan a welcome to motherhood party for her. And I'm here for this party. Anything for a group set, group event, I am here for it. And these women are loaded. They have money. So I'm just here for any party they want to have. They could literally have a party for planting a flower in a garden. And I'll be here for it because it'll be fun. That's just how they do it in Cheshire. Elsewhere, we see Tanya and Rachel meeting up again. Well, meeting up in a restaurant to speak with... Lauren. They begin talking about Hannah's party and how excited they are for her and I'm just again in awe at how much Tanya and Hannah have come come around to each other like they like each other now and you could see how excited Tanya is for Hannah and again the whole social distancing not touching thing it's just hilarious at this point watching them because they're literally sat in each other's face looking at each other and talking. Without a mask. So why not just hug? Lauren shows up. And she shares again that you know she's still in pain. Dealing with her dad's death. But she's taking it on the chin. If that's even the right term to say here. She's just being a trooper. She's just being brave. And again she's just being comical. And just talking about how. Her father was amazing. And yeah. Much love to you Lauren. Much love to you right now. The conversation switches to, of course, Don and Hannah, and Lauren let Rachel and Tanya know that Don knows Hannah's pregnant. So Rachel, just like me, initially when I when I saw this, I'm like, then why didn't Don message Hannah? Rachel said the same thing, like why didn't Don message Hannah if she knew? So the sit down with Hannah and Don that is going to come up is maybe interesting because if Don knew and didn't say anything, what does that mean? We never know what goes on in Wardy's head. We never know until she says stuff out of her mouth. So Don and Hannah meet up and Don tells her, Listen, I know you're pregnant. Well, no, that's a lie. Hannah says, I wanted to meet you to tell you that I'm pregnant. And Don was just nodding, which indicated to Hannah that Don knew. And Hannah even said the same thing that I said and the same thing that Rachel said. Why didn't Don just text her and say congratulations? But that's just not how Dawn rolls. She has to do things her way. Okay? And when I say this, she begins telling Hannah what the issue was and how they could move forward. Hannah tries to speak and Donald's like, let me speak, I'll let you talk. And I'm like, when did Hannah even speak? Is this like choppy editing and Hannah spoke and Don listened and we didn't hear because I did not see that. Anyways, Donald's basically telling Hannah. That they can just move on and they could be friends, but maybe it will take a time for them to get back where they were. But it was funny to me because Dawn was basically explaining her feelings or telling Hannah how she felt while also telling Hannah how Hannah should feel. I don't know if it's just the pregnancy brain or whatever it is, but Hannah's like, thank God Dawn and I are made up and things are better and we're just moving forward. Hey. If that works for Hannah, it works for me too because I can't do with a repeat of last season. I can't. Now we are at the party and I'm so excited because the event looks so beautiful. Rachel did an amazing job. (laughs) So if you know Hannah, not Hannah, if you know Tanya,
0: you know that Tanya is the biggest klutz on the show. Tanya is coming. Tanya, I'm sorry. Tanya is exiting her car, right? And she sees Seema. <laughs> and Tanya opened the trunk and is getting the cupcakes out of the car. <laughs> Maybe I'm laughing the joke off, but Tanya opened the trunk, getting the cupcakes, tried to per- give them to the Seema, and they fe- <laughs> they fell to <into> the ground. <laughs> i'm sorry guys but listen tanya is so hilarious i think they gave her a spin-off once because she's just always crazy but yeah tanya spilled the cupcakes they spill the cupcakes <laughs> whatever tanya the, the cupcakes fell on the ground okay the cupcakes
1: fell on the ground they walk in they do the usual pleasantries the greetings and all of that and rachel tells them listen do not give hannah any mom horror stories let's keep it positive Let's keep it positive. I didn't realize that the event was supposed to be where the color that you think the baby is going to be, you know, the, the traditional or stereotypical colors for boys and girls, blue and pink. It's okay. I don't mind it, but things just went left when they started playing a game. Nicole just came in like a sourpuss. Everything ticked, ticked her off. Like, every comment made, Nicole had a rebuttal. And the rebuttal wasn't even, like, fun or shade. It was more, like, mean-spirited. And I'm like, why did you even show up, Nicole? Why? And if you did show up, why did it show up with this attitude? It doesn't make... It did not make sense. She kept digging at Rachel about men again. And it's like, come on, Nicole. Leave Rachel alone. She's newly single and she's dating. She's not, like, going around shagging every guy that walks by. And that's how it seems. Remember I said I would come back to this? Yes. When Nicole made the comment in the beginning, I thought it was innocent. But she kept going at it. So when you keep doing something, it no longer becomes innocent. It means you're taking a dig at someone. And this is why I'm not here for Nicole right now. And then she gets upset and left. Making Rachel feel like she's the guilty person here. And Rachel did nothing wrong. Rachel did nothing wrong. So... Even though the, the event was beautiful and it didn't have much drama and for some reason the episode was beautifully done. And Dawn wasn't in most of the episode. Does that mean Dawn can exit The Real Housewives of Cheshire now? I mean I'm liking Dawn. I didn't like her initially when the season or when the series started at, in season 1. But I, come, I came around to her. But this episode flowed beautifully. It did. I have to admit that and Dawn wasn't there for most of it. What does this mean for the Real housewife of Cheshire? Next week we see the brand new housewife Lystra Adams. And in the preview, she looks beautiful. You know, she looks beautiful, but it seems like she and Hannah won't get along. And Hannah made a comment about her having an attitude. I hope it's not toward her, but the people I'm having the biggest issue with right now in the preview. Are Nick and Royston, aka Dawn's lackeys? I'm sorry, they are. They are. They could be the great friends to Dawn, but they come across as lackeys on the show, and they called Rachel a B I T C H. How dare they? I can't wait for next week. Where do you think you're going? You made it this far, so you better stick around because the most fun recap of the Great British Baking Show starts now.
0: All right, mate. Let's get in. <laughs> guys. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So welcome to the Great British Baking Show recap. I'm listen to me, guys. I had so much fun watching this episode coming off of the disaster that was chocolate week <laughs> you can hear the laughter in my voice still or yeah because i'm still cheesing the episode was so much fun it was just so light-hearted and i enjoyed every <laughs> i enjoyed every bit of it listen matt is funny matt should have been a presenter on this show a long time ago i cracked up <laughs> still cracking up i cracked up watching and listening to matt like i need to watch a stand-up of him he's funny so <laughs>
1: yeah the this week is pastry week and if you know anything about pastry you know it can go either way i mean baking on a whole can do that but pastry takes a level of sophistication or a level of concentration that you really need i mean i'm not a baker but i've watched enough british baking show to know that you have to pay attention to pastry because it could go either way like if you recall the season with paul i think that's the season that nadia won do you remember that technical challenge that paul messed up if you remember that technical challenge you know where i'm going this week with this technical challenge But I'm moving too fast. Let me rewind a little and go back to the beginning. (music) Linda is particularly excited about this week. As she claims she's been waiting to make it to pastry week. Because she loves pastry. She's like every mom knows how to do pastry. And I'm like oh gee. I hope Linda isn't jinxing herself. I really am hoping that. Another person who's really excited about this week, the pastry week, is Hermine and she's really excited, guys. Hermine has not been this excited since the beginning of the season, I think. So, I mentioned Linda and Hermine, but let me just give you a rundown of who's left in the competition. So, it's week 5, which means someone else is going to go and we started with 12. So, the people left are Linda and Hermine, as I mentioned. Peter, who's the youngest in the competition. So adorable. So adorable. Mark, Laura, Mark E, Dave, and Lottie. Right. So, um, as the as the episode started, guys, I'm telling you, these contestants and Matt cracked me up. Like they started off really funny. Mark, I think it was Mark, not Mark E. Mark E is the one with the prosthetic leg, I think. So Mark makes a joke that no one wants to have a soggy
0: butt. <laughs> no one what? no one wants to have a soggy bottom they want a crisp bottom (laughs) he's talking he's talking about pastry okay but it's just how he said it and you you should have seen his face he was red with laughter because he knew that joke (laughs) he knew that joke would land and it would land well good job on that one mark good job so yeah this week the signature challenge was for them to
1: make um what was it again they were supposed to make a pastry right and this not a pastry a pasty so for those of you who don't know what a pasty is if you're from the caribbean and of course like north america and the uk you may know what a pasty is because it's like a jamaican patty for example or it's like an empanada if you're spanish it's like an empanada I think it's like an empanada, right? So just to give you an idea. So they had to make, I think, six of these and they have to do it in a specific way. So from the get go, we know that this is going to be challenging because, you know, if you've had a pasty as I've, I've had a pasty and a patty and an empanada. So if you've had any of these, you know, it can't be soggy. It has to be flaky on the outside. As Mark said, it has to be crispy in the bottom. <laughs> The bottom has to be crispy. Can't have a soggy bottom. (laughs) Right? So it needs to be crispy. So yeah, Laura is making a cheese and onion pasty. I think she's using one of Paul's old recipes or something like that. And Paul is like, well, it's one of the best. Of course, he's going to say that because it's his. And she's using rough puff method. And she's using rough puff method along with Lottie, Linda and Peter. I'm not really sure what rough puff pastry is because I'm not like an actual baker. I just like doing things myself in the kitchen and I like watching this show because it gives me ideas. So, yeah, um, Lottie, Linda, Peter and Mark, not Mark E. Mark are using rough puff pastry method or using rough puff pastry and for short crust pastry, we we have Dave, Mark and Mark. So the two Marks are using the shortcrust pastry. And then Hermine is using a different method. She's like, I'm making my own pastries between rough puff and short crust. So yeah, Hermine's pasty, though, is going to be tangy. It's a tangy Moroccan spiced lamb tingene and chickpea filling. It sounds so delicious and yummy. And when I tell you when it was finished and the judges cut into it. Oh my God, I could have died. It was delectable. You could tell. You could tell. The other Mark, Mark E.E. is making an Indian-inspired pasty with cauliflower, paneer, and curry. And I love me some curry. So this sounded so delicious when he was talking about it. And the editors usually draw like a picture of what the contestants are making. So I like, I always like seeing that part. Throughout the entire bit of them making stuff, <laughs> Matt was like, Matt said to Mark, not Marky, the other Mark. So yeah, Matt asked Mark if he would do another reality show or something like that. And if he would go a naked attraction. And Mark was like, no. And Matt was like, I wouldn't do it either. My body's my business.
0: (laughs) I'm like, Matt, why did you ask him? Like... Your body's your business. So why isn't Mark's body Mark's business? <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Matt is killing me. He is the best. So <laughs> going back into the
1: the contestants. Lottie is making a mashed potato with Lincolnshire sausage, onion, sage, and packed in her pasty. Like her pasta is like a toad in a hole without the hole. That's what she said. Yeah, it sounds so delicious. It sounds so good. And I just want to eat them all. I just want to eat them all because these bakers are doing the do. Prue comes up to her and she's like, listen, Lati, this doesn't sound like a good idea. I am not convinced. But let's just hope Lati proves Prue wrong, right? Because Prue has been proven wrong before. So let's just hope. Peter now is like super calm, like almost too calm. But for up for a twenty year old, he's super composed. He doesn't stress as much. I mean, you do see it on his face. Like his eyes are sunken in, like like Johnny Depp in as the Mad Hatter in Alice. That's how Peter's eyes look when he's looking stressed, right? And he turns red. He turns red easily. So yeah, he's taking a risk with his. He's shaping his pasty like fishes. I mean, he's really talented. So, God give him that. He's shaping his pasta like fishes, and he's making his with haddock and kedri rice with boiled egg in the in the center. And I'm like Jesus. Even I know just a little bit of knowledge that I know that rice sucks moisture so much it might not be a good thing to put rice there. And if you're putting rice there, add more of the sauce that you're using. Linda's pasty will now have um will have spiced chicken a goan inspired a, coriander and potato so this is my thing now like Linda's pasty looks more like a danish like a triangular danish is it danish maybe like a meat pie i have no clue but it does not look like the regular pasty and the judges saw this and they said nothing to her like Why would they not correct her? Why would they not say, Linda, don't make this. Don't make it this way. Right? I don't get it. Yeah, we're still on the signature challenge. And Dave is making a chicken and jasmine rice pasty. Another rice pasty, guys. Another one. Oh, Lord. I just know this is not going to go well for them. I just know it. I just know it. Like, there's nothing worse than a dry flaky pasty it could be flaky but dry you literally be choking on flakes so the other mark is really feeling the pressure of this challenge though because this is mark eno because they call this the cornish pasty challenge and he's from cornwall so i guess i'm guessing it's from that side where the pasty originated in england i'm not really sure but his is a monkfish, samphire creamy lemon sauce filling like that's what he's gonna have in his pasty and guys he did such a good job but it was just so pale like all he needed to do was just leave it in the oven for just a little bit longer and turn the temperature up but yeah surprisingly though all the pasties were baked well there was no issue with the bake itself so they did a good job just the color was the issue for most of them really and of course linda Linda's pasty was not really a pasty, was it? So, I'm just still mad at the judges for not even telling her, like, don't do it this way. Right? You guys are going to critique her and you let her go down the wrong road. And then you're going to tell her she didn't make a pasty, she didn't crimp. Like, you watch her not crimp. (laughs) Like, come on. So yeah, Hermine and Mark did such an amazing job, though, with their pasties. They got great praises and also Laura. Laura like laura out of nowhere like laura from the left field laura from behind like come on laura you showed up you showed up in this challenge she was just so happy and i was happy for her because laura is like the sunshine of the season always smiley and bubbly and when she's stressed i'm stressed when she's happy i'm happy and if she's crying i'm going to cry too (laughs) (laughs) Now we're on to the technical challenge. And this is where I said, remember Paul from the season with Nadia? Yeah. They're making what? Eclairs. They are making eclairs. Three raspberry eclairs and three caramel eclairs. So they have to make a raspberry creme pat to put it inside the eclair itself. Or to put it inside the shoe. And a caramel creme pat to put it inside the shoe also. Three, three. Listen... Even Dave was like, "It's just a fancy word for saying." It's just a fancy French word for saying cream paste. (laughs) I think Laura said that too.
0: Like Dave couldn't even say the French word. He's like, "I'm not saying it. (laughs) I'm here trying to say it the best way that I can." Crème pât, éclair.
1: I give up. (laughs) So, anyways, I have had éclairs before. I like them, but they aren't really my favorite. Because I feel like there's too much of that creme pat inside the eclairs. I feel like an eclair should not be so filled. I mean, who am I to judge? Like, I didn't originate an eclair. But I feel like if I should make an eclair, it won't be so filled with cream. Because there is something that's too much cream, I believe. So, as with any technical challenge, you know this is usually where the drama begins. And from the get-go, Linda... Seems to be having issues because she's not really looking at the instructions. I don't think she's really ever made eclairs before or she forgot how to. Now, do you understand why I said Linda may have jinxed herself in the beginning? And I guess I was right because this technical challenge is just going downhill for her. She made like three to four batches of shoe and they all turned out the same. Flat, can't be filled. And I'm like, why didn't she use flour, baking powder, yeast? I mean, I'm no baker. But if something is flat, you add baking powder to it, right? Or baking soda or yeast, something. She just couldn't get it right. It was just not rising. Everyone else seemed to be doing a little better than Linda, though. And Peter especially. Like, this was Peter's challenge. This was his technical. He was so calm, so relaxed. He had his down pat. He and Hermine were literally neck and neck in this technical challenge. And of course, because his was the better one, he won the technical challenge for the first time. You should have seen Peter's face. He was so happy and I was so happy for a little Peter. Now we are on to the showstopper. And for the showstopper, they had to make a caged tart. So the cage had to be a lattice cage and it should be highly decorative i love me some tart give me all the tarts in the world i would eat them all eat them all so linda seems to be in trouble again remember the rule of three one two three you may be out is this linda's week let us see
0: so matt is walking around as usual throughout the challenge and he's now speaking to laura and he asks laura which contestant would you want to put in a cage laura looked around and and smiling (laughs) being mischievous laura said peter (laughs) she would put peter in the cage she's like i would put a little mini peter in a cage (laughs) and laura's like poor kid he looks terrified peter again blushing completely red in the face because of course he finds it funny i think and because he's the youngest one they see him as a little baby like oh he's so cute i want to squeeze those cheeks that kind of cute (laughs) and then matt being the comedic person he is asks laura and what will you feel him Laura responded I'll just feed him cheese (laughs) Laura I love you you are so funny Matt is hilarious like who would want to put someone in a cage a little mini Peter (laughs) that was just so funny to me I literally had to stop myself from laughing out loud because when I was watching this I didn't want to disturb my neighbors but that was just super funny And how Laura was so excited to say she wanted a little... (laughs) She wanted a little mini PR to put in a cage and feed him cheese. I died. Like,
1: I'm just done. Okay, (laughs) LOL. So, like, Mark had an issue. This is not the Mark that gave the joke in the beginning. He had an issue with his cage and it collapsed. It came out. It was baked, but... It collapsed when he was trying to take it off of the the thing that he baked it on to shape it. I felt so bad for him. Linda again ran into problems with her cage. Her cage just started breaking apart. It was just so sad. I just felt so bad for Laura. Well, not Laura, Linda. Because I just know that this is her time. Her time is coming. So, at the end of the, the competition, Laura, Hermine and Peter shone so bright. You could literally see their tarts from space that's how beautifully done their tarts were and at the end of the day laura got her first win i was just so happy for my laura like yes i felt so good for her so happy and sadly linda went home just as i said and that is it for this week that is it i enjoyed pastry so much and next week it's japan next week it's japan week and i just can't wait for that i hope you guys enjoy this recap as much as i do and i will well see you no i keep saying see you but i hope you guys listen to the next podcast this is your host kern thomas you can find me on instagram at chatterbox or on twitter at kern thomas where the conversation is always going peace